So, we met online. This is a podcast about love, sex, and everything in between the world of online dating. Hi, I'm Chris. Hi, Chris. And I'm Erica. Welcome to So We Met Online. Thanks for listening. So We Met Online is produced every Sunday, and show notes are found at SoWeMetOnline.com. So we met in real life. I was performing in a show, a storytelling show. And I went out into the audience after the show to greet my friends who were there and just, you know, socialize a little bit. Someone introduced me to a couple friends of hers and the guy was very attractive. It's funny. He was there with a woman and I wasn't sure if it was a date or not, or they were friends, like not really my business, obviously. It was clear we were attracted to each other, but I didn't take offense at all. In fact, I respected that he didn't ask for my number because you're not going to do that in front of, even if it's a female friend. I mean, that's a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So the next day, the mutual friend who introduced me to them texted me and said, Hey, uh, this guy wants your information. Can I pass it along? And I said, absolutely. So we ended up going out the next night and we were having a great time. We went out for sushi and this is, you know, when things were open <laughs> and you could do that and sit next to strangers at the bar because I'm pretty sure I shared my sushi mm-hmm. with this girl next to me who was like, that looks good. Should I order it? I'm like, why don't you taste it? So <laughs> we were clicking and clacking like it was great banter. In the course of the conversation, you know, I was getting to know him. He was getting to know me. How long have you lived here? Blah, blah. I guess he had just moved back to town after being somewhere. I don't remember all of the details. But he said to me he was going to buy a condo at some point in the near future. But for now, he was living in, I quote, the smallest studio humanly possible. Okay, so I'm picturing like a coat closet. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And the way he said it, it sounded like that was a self-deprecating, you know, it's not a sexy thing to tell a date. Like, I can't wait to come over to your smallest studio ever humanly made. So whatever, I kind of chuckled, but then we moved on. We ended up going to this concert after he had already bought tickets for. And it was a lovely concert. It was at a venue, though, that... I won't get into all of the details, but I have some associations with because of an ex and I hadn't been to that venue in a really long time on purpose because I try not to invite those feelings if I can help it. So I was already dealing with that, but I wasn't going to share that with him like, hey, new date. I'm just having some emotions right now. You know, the concert was, it was funny. It was not very good. And I think we were both afraid to tell the other, like, this isn't good, right? (laughs) Because like he bought the ticket. So I didn't want to be ungrateful, but he didn't want to be like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I took you to this show. So it was funny when afterwards we were both like, that was not what we expected. Not at all. (laughs) So, So we go out for a drink after. And again, we're, we're getting along great. I think everything's going so well. Somehow the apartment comes up again and I'm, Oh, and I said to him, oh, that is, if that's not the sexiest thing I ever heard, like the, the tiny studio, because that's what we were talking about before. <laughs> and at one point it was going so well. I don't know if we were hugging or whatever. And I referenced, we had not kissed yet or anything. And I referenced, oh, you know, maybe after a kiss, like in whatever context it was, it was jokey. But I, you know, I was kind of proud of myself for being vulnerable like that. And in response to my comment, 
of the kiss, he says, yeah, that's why this will never work. And I'm like, excuse me, what? I said, I thought things were going great. Are we on the same date? Right. And he's like, well, clearly you don't think very highly of me. I said, what are you, what? I was beyond confused. I'm like, did we have a conversation I forgot about? (laughs) And he goes, well, you made fun of my apartment. And I said, no, you made fun of your apartment. I was going with the joke. And he's like, no, I'm really embarrassed by it. And I said, well, I clearly did not know that. There was a lot of underlying stuff there that I wouldn't have known. The way you expressed it to me was the smallest studio humanly possible. I thought was a self-deprecating joke. Right. So I went with it. And he's like, well, no, you're, you're making fun of me. I said, I would never make fun. Like, I don't know you. <laughs> the last thing I would do is make fun of you. And to be honest, had you just portrayed it as I'm living in a really small studio right now, I'm getting a condo made. I would have never joked about it, but it was how he had portrayed it. And the date just kept going downhill from there because everything I said, he took as some sort of insult. And look, I don't insult people. Certainly people I've never met before. And certainly people I kind of like on a date. I am not the flirty type who does the make fun of you flirty. I'm the flirty type. If I like you, I'll be like, hey, I like you. (laughs) You know, I'm very literal. And so I can't even remember where the conversation went after that, but it went so wrong, partially because of a drinking and partially because I felt like he was misconstruing everything I was saying. And I am not a crier. I found myself crying on this date. I've never cried on a first date before. I mean, I was rejected to my face. He misinterpreted everything I said and I said, we need to move to a booth because I don't want to be crying in the middle of a bar anymore. So we went in a more private location to talk. And finally, I'm just like, it was not getting better. And the thing is, I kept saying to him, I really liked you. I don't know where this went off the rails. I kept saying that he was not having what I was saying. Hmm. You know, he thought the worst of me, which is so strange because he didn't know me. I finally, I said, I want to go home now. And I went home because he's a mutual friend of a friend or whatever. I was so disturbed by this that I asked if we could talk the next day after a night's sleep to assess where things went wrong. Because for my own peace of mind, I wanted to talk through where in his head things changed because I still felt like I was in the dark. And so we got on the phone the next day and we ended up talking for like an hour and he just kept reiterating how he was interpreting everything I was saying. And he's like, well, I know you didn't know this, but it was the first time I had a drink in six months. Well, that would clearly affect things. Why didn't you just tell me that? I said, I like coffee. I like dessert. I didn't need a drink. Well, you know, I don't know. It seemed like a good idea. I said, okay, well, I don't read minds. I wouldn't have known that. I'm sure that clouded both of us. And I said, all right, here's what you didn't know. The venue you took me to, I had a a very negative association with it, but I was trying to be really open-minded because I wanted to go to the concert. And it was like, he had made so many assumptions 
about me without knowing me. And I'm not sure if he was projecting things from a former relationship onto me, or he didn't know how he came off when he talked about his studio, or he just decided for some reason that he wasn't into me and then changed the story to suit his needs. I don't know, but I have never in my life gotten so many assumptions put on me that were just not true or not there. I mean, that was pretty much the end. We talked for the hour. That was that. And I said to him, this is important for me, this closure, because we do have a mutual friend. I genuinely did like you as a person. That was pretty much the end. Yeah, there's a lot to unwind in there. How about if we take a break and when we come back, we will unwind it. I can't wait. Did you know So We Met Online is about to reach our 100th episode? Erica and I have had a blast sharing our incredible stories of dating woes and blissful love with all of you over the last few years. Sadly, this will be our last few episodes. But believe me, you don't want to miss them. Join us on our countdown to 100 as we relive some of the most mind-blowing dates and, of course, we save the biggest story for last. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And thank you all for listening to So We Met Online. To this day, that's still one of the strangest dates I've been on. It was going so well. And I kept thinking, had we just not gotten the drink after a date, we would have gone out again, no question. But then I kept thinking, well, I'm so glad we did because I learned all this stuff. I'm still confused by it. Yeah. You know, I was listening to some of your thoughts in there, and then you touched on the one that was in my mind last. I do think that sometimes when somebody's not feeling it, as we've talked about before, you don't feel the connection or something. Instead of just saying, this was fun, I'm not feeling it, and trying to maintain that relationship or that connection or the mutual friendship that is already in place, you feel like you have to come up with some other type of bigger reason or rationale. And I've heard a lot of stories where people have really just made something out of nothing in order to break up or in order to end it. And so I'm not sure if that's what actually happened. You know, like Me you either, said, but you, you it's don't a possibility. know. You know, that does happen, especially when you keep harping on that same thing over and over. What I think may have happened, and again, I don't know, I'm not in his head, but I think he kept building up things in his head throughout the course of a date that he somehow thought I was making a dig at him, which I never was. And then when I mentioned the kiss thing, he exploded. Yeah, and there's another part, though, just... Why not ask? Why Correct. not actually have the conversation? What did you mean by that? What, exactly. what are you thinking about that? You know, I really don't like this. And let's just talk about it. Instead of blowing up, start having the conversation. I know somebody, you know, we've been talking for a while. And we've often had this problem where we kind of just go through the motions and we realize that, Somebody might say something and, and the other doesn't really know it or, or, or doesn't really believe it, you know, whatever the case might be. But we've known each other for so long that we just kind of just mark it up as, well, that's just them. But behind it all, we started to ask the question, well, if it bothers us, why aren't we talking about it? Why aren't we just bringing it up? When we switch to that mindset, when we switch to holding it in and ignoring it, 
to actually having a conversation about it, we realized that our relationship became a lot better and a lot stronger because right. now you have this open line of communication to talk about your feelings, no matter what they are. And again, I think this is hard for people because you don't want to be vulnerable. You don't want to stir up controversy. You want to avoid conflict. Mm -hmm. And instead, if you just combat that conflict and just say, this is our safe space, let's talk about it. Sort of like what you did on that second call or that last call. Right. You wanted to clear the air and actually understand but that only works if both parties actually wants to have that conversation. If the other person is still worried about the conflict or still worried about the insecurity of debating or whatever the case might be, then you're going to just come out and say, well, you know, I didn't like how you did that. And, uh, and that's my answer. And I'm done. Well, yeah. And I forgot to mention this. So it came out and I don't remember if it was on the date or on the call the next day. I never talk about past relationships on a first date. I don't think that's the appropriate time or place. But it came out that someone had very much hurt him, his last girlfriend. And I felt that he wasn't over that. I think he thought the world was out to get him. He said three times on the date, and this is like, you know, the lady doth protest too much. He said three times, well, I'm a quality guy. I'm sorry. If you have to say you're a quality guy, we got issues. I don't go around announcing my merits because I'm confident enough in them that people will see them if they want to see them. And I think in his mind, what he thought was my little dig at him, which was not, I think he saw that as, why is everyone out to get me? I'm such a quality guy. Yeah, or that could be a trigger. That could have been something that his that ex could or very well have been somebody a trigger, said. Absolutely. And, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, great, here, I'm dealing with this again. Like, I don't want to deal with this. You, you just leave me alone. I thought of one other rationale for what went on. And I'm not saying that this is the case, but it's possible. I do have clients sometimes who are so down on themselves, they're not confident in where they are, that if someone actually likes them, they don't get excited. Instead, their lack of confidence leads them to think, well, what's wrong with this other person? Why does this other person like me? And I thought maybe that's the case because as I learned more and more, and I heard that my date was, you know, not over an ex and not happy with his living situation. And when his response to me was, what do you even like about me? I thought maybe he's in such a bad place that he can't imagine somebody else would actually like him. And instead of being flattered, he feels that he needs to put the other person down. So much is about framing. Like if you frame something in a positive way, the other person will think something positive about it. If you frame it in a negative way, they will think there's something negative about it. So it can be something as trivial as your favorite TV show. If someone asks your favorite TV show and you say, Ugh, you know, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but I love America's Got Talent, then that person will feel embarrassed for you. But if you say, you know, I got to tell you, I love America's Got Talent. I mean, the things people do on there now the person has a positive association with it. So the way he had said the apartment thing to me, he was, and clearly not what he meant, but I interpreted that as the joking in the framing of it. So I joke back, had he simply said, you know, I'm a little embarrassed about my living situation right now. I wouldn't have mentioned it again. What do I care? Here's the question that I have. 
and again, I can only take my own personal experiences into play here. If I'm embarrassed about a specific situation or a past or something that I'm doing or, you know, fill in the blank, I don't talk about it. Well, right. I ignore it. I just avoid it. I mean, even at one point I said, I don't care if you live in a dumpster. If I like you, I like you. I don't judge other people's living. It was just, just the assumptions he put on me and my intentions. I've just never felt like I had to be put on the defensive like that before when I had no ill intent. It was just, it was still bad. Honestly, I'm still baffled by this, but I guess you see what you want to see. And once you've made that decision, no one's going to prove you wrong. Yeah. Look, I've actually had similar things happen to me. I've had a lot of women who have focused on one little small thing, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's like, I can't believe you ate that donut. And then all of a sudden the entire relationship is just destroyed because for some reason I ate a donut and they didn't like it. Or I've said something and sometimes we say things in in jest and and humor Mm -hmm. approach or and with the best intentions, you know, sometimes you give soft jabs at people, right? And, and you, you do test those boundaries to kind of see how close you are in the relationship. And I've had women who have said, I'm breaking up with you because you said hi to me. Uh, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm totally confused right now. You know, you focus in on this one little thing. And so you have to start asking yourself, is it really the one thing? Or is that one thing a trigger to something that has happened in the past relationship? Or is it just because they're just not feeling it and they're just using anything that they can grasp their hands on to be a reason to end the relationship? All of those situations are valid reasons, not reasons, but are valid things. But at the bottom line, I think you still have to find a way. You have to grow as a person to be able to have the conversation for all of those situations. If you're just not feeling it, then say, I'm just not feeling it. As opposed to, ah, you ate a donut, we have to break up. Or if it's something that has been a trigger, you have to open up and say, you know what? My ex said that once and it it just doesn't sit with me well and and I can't handle that. And can you please not say, and I'll, I'll give you an example of this actually. This actually just happened recently. I was talking with somebody and they said, you know what? I have to tell you, I don't like it when you text me hugs. And I'm like- Like the word hug? Yeah, hugs. Like I'm sending virtual text hugs, like I'm hugging you virtually, hugs. And they're like, I I just, I don't like that. And instead of going off on the rail, like, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. Why would you even say that? I'm being in, like, I'm being sincere. And instead of her saying, I can't see you anymore. I can't talk to you anymore. This hugs thing is just driving me crazy. What we did was we actually had a conversation about it. Yes. Why? What is the trigger? What's happening here? And what we found out after having a conversation about it was that she was associating it rightly or wrongly. Just her gut reaction to this was that I was looking at her more as a friend and not as a romantic partner. She associated the act of giving somebody a hug as kind of the friend zone. And, Mm. but again, that's legitimate for her. And it wasn't until we had the conversation to dissect it and both parties were being vulnerable and open to having that conversation. Could you get to the root of what it really was? Right. 
And I love that she gave you the benefit of the doubt. You clearly meant no ill will by saying hugs. And it's when people make an assumption about the other person's intentions that things often go wrong. Yeah, she could have just broken up with you, right? Right. But she had that conversation. And I would hope that someone would give me, and I would hope I would do it to someone else, the benefit of the doubt and not assume that they mean the worst, but just ask what they mean. Exactly. So if they were being upset, have a conversation. If it's a trigger from an ex, have a conversation. If it's, I don't want to see you anymore because I am not feeling it, have the conversation. It really boils down to something as simple as just talk about it. And I think as you open up and talk more through it, you're going to get the answers that you both are looking for. Absolutely. And I wish... I wish he had given me that courtesy because to be mischaracterized like that and to make me freaking cry on a date, nobody should deal with that. I hadn't told the story before to anyone, so I'm glad I got to sort of air it out a little bit. <laughs> I wish him well, and I do hope that whoever you know he decides to date, I do hope that if something like this comes up, he can simply say, what did you mean by that? Or that really upset me and give the person the chance to say, I meant nothing. I agree. Don't make assumptions about someone else's intentions. Ultimately, nobody's a mind reader, and you just don't know until you ask. I couldn't have said it better. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.